Hi everyone, welcome to Rest Between Sets. This is the podcast to listen to while you rest between the sets life has programmed for you. Join me in tackling all things health and fitness, spirituality and mental health along with other guest speakers. We're going to dive in deep to find out how they're all interconnected in creating the recipe of becoming the best version of ourselves. Because why not? (laughs) This is your host, Danny. Let's do this. episode I had the current Australian Masters powerlifting record holder, owner and head coach of Mildura Strength and Performance, Vince Minetta, jump on the podcast. Vince has been in the strength, health and fitness industry for more than 40 years and in this podcast episode we take you back to his grassroots and the journey he has been on in becoming one of the best coaches and athletes in the industry. We talk about how he transitioned from working in an office to opening up his first gym, his professional bodybuilding career and how that experience created an impact to his future as an athlete, the highs and lows of his personal life and how he carried over the experiences and lessons he learned to his coaching and athletic career, the importance of staying and focusing in your own lane and so, so much more. Vince is one of the people I look up to because of the fire and passion I see from him after all these years being a part of a constantly evolving industry. He is also a rare breed of a successful coach and an athlete at the same time. There are a lot of wisdom and musings in this episode that I truly enjoyed and I hope you guys do too. All right, so I've got Vince Simonetta on the podcast today. Vince is the owner and director of Mildred Strength and Performance. Um... All right, so how are you today, Vince? Oh, good, Danielle. Thank you very much. It's good. So I was a member at your gym for like three or four months and we kind of got to know each other. Well, I was training every single day, so I saw you every (laughs) single day. (laughs) So I do know a little bit about you and also you're quite well known in the powerlifting and health and fitness industry as well. Um, However, obviously... You know, the listeners and all that, they don't know a little bit about you, maybe saw you on Instagram as well. So if you could just give us like a wrap up of how you started from the start yep. and um, up to now. All right. We're going to go back a long way, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like uh, as you introduced me, I'm Vince Simonetta. I'm 60 years old. Um, been powerlifting for just over 43 years. Mm. Um most of those years competitively, had a little bit of a break, but never stopped training in that time. Yeah. yeah. Probably, how far back do you want me to go? Like, um, right back at the beginning, you know, when I was in my early teens, I was, uh, you know, keen football, cricketer, soccer player, into all sorts of sports. Um, about 17 years old, I started training with a cousin. Yeah. He had some weights in a shed. Um, I used to ride my bike at the time, so go there three or four times a week, and we just hit the weights. Knew absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. Mm. So, obviously, forty-three years. There's a lot that's happened. Um, I've I've researched a bit about you, and you did do bodybuilding as well. I did. And you've held a lot of records and titles, both in bodybuilding and powerlifting. Yeah. Um, how did you start bodybuilding and transition into powerlifting? Well, I actually, it was the powerlifting that I started. So to continue on, um, you know, we trained in this backyard shed for nearly uh, 12 months. Um, 
I then got my licence, uh, got together with a few few other mates and started going to the gym. The gym that I attended, they had probably about five or six powerlifters there and me being a, a young kid was a bit shy at the time and just stuck with my mates. We trained and um, slowly got talking with a few of the lifters because uh, I, I just I liked what they were doing basically um, and yeah slowly the, the friends that I started with dropped off mm. um, so I started training with the powerlifters yeah basically and I was lucky um, the the gym owner at the time and one other lifter was very, very high profile in Australia mm-hmm. as far as powerlifting. They'd been doing it for five or six years. So I probably had a really good start because I learnt from the best. So, yeah, we just – I started training with them. Um, they were pretty tough on me Yeah. about, you know, achieving and, and the likes. And um, I improved fairly quickly. You know, like I was, I was lucky to be good at it, and it just went from there. Yeah. You know, and um, within my first twelve months, won a junior championships, and then it just moved through the, you know, the ages, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as the years went on, um, had really good success until about because this was like 1979 was my first competition, so oh. going back a long <laughs> yeah, time. That's um, so I didn't start bodybuilding till about 87. Okay. So I'd been powerlifting for quite a while yeah. um, and really just did it just for something different. I didn't mm-hmm. lose my passion for powerlifting. It was something that I could transition in the off-season from yeah. one side to another, um, more so to give my body a rest. Mm. Uh, but soon found out that even though I had success in bodybuilding, mm. I won the um, 1987, I won the South Australian state titles in the IFBB, but it was one of those things that was subjective. You yeah. had to basically do your apprenticeship in it. Mm. So it wasn't so much the best person mm. on stage one. You know, I could go back and tell a story that I went to uh, the Melbourne state title, yeah. you know, and I was very close with one of the top bodybuilders in the country at the time, came second, which, like, I was fairly happy with. But as I came off stage, I got greeted by another international bodybuilder and he said, mm. oh, you know, you did really, really well, but hometown guy won. Yeah. And I thought, I took that in and I thought, you know, really, to me, at least powerlifting, if you lift the heaviest weight, you're the winner. Yeah. Um so there was and, like some sort of like favoritism. Well, not so much a favoritism. It, it's more like you had to do an apprenticeship. Okay. Basically, you had to be mm. seen to be keen and in the circles and yeah, um, like influencers now. Yeah, days. get yeah. to know people <laughs> yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and I just and it was hard. Like bodybuilding's not easy either. Yeah. You know, it's twenty four seven basically. And if you want to be really good, yeah, it takes over your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine because even like cutting for a competition like weightlifting and powerlifting, it's already yeah. hard enough. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like, you know, with bodybuilding, you'd, exactly what you said, like there's probably a lot more sacrifices to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. For a like, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, the last three months, it's, you know, you really can't step out of line. Mm. Um, you know, you miss out on a lot yeah. because you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You mm. can't 
hang with friends. Yeah. Um, or if you do, you you know you sort of target it as being really boring because you're drinking water. Yeah. Eat, Eating lettuce, (laughs) (laughs) which is basically water. (laughs) So it is. It's pretty hard. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. So, from our conversations earlier, did you have? Were you always a coach or a trainer, or did you have like a corporate job beforehand, or like a trade beforehand, and then transitioned into coaching? A trade, as in. Like sporting trade, or oh, as in like, like like a plumber or like yeah. an electrician. Oh trade. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Look, my my background, my working mm-hmm. background is um, in agricultural sales. Okay. I'm a salesman. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, and it was just one of those things that I always uh, liked lifting. And mm. going back to the question, is like. Um, I wasn't always a coach mm. because I was always a competitor. Yeah. So I, I often think about that and it's it's a good question because um, in my early years, I was number one. Yeah. So for me to throw my attention to someone else, it just wasn't going to happen yeah. at no. that time because I was, I was so focused in my lifting and I just didn't have time to... To teach anyone else. Yeah. I mean, I had training partners along the way, mm-hmm. which I suppose you could say that I did teach them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I didn't put up with any garbage. Like if they, you know, didn't turn up, I thought, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to wait for them. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like, this is when we start training. If they weren't there, doesn't matter what excuse they had, I started training. Yeah. And that was it. So Yeah. yeah. So, because at the moment you compete and coach. Yeah. So, what what's the different difference between before and then now? Um, well, I think oh, I think just just age, yeah. and you know, like I said, I look back and and as a lifter, I was um, or as a, as a person, as a coach, mm-hmm. um, I was pretty selfish. Yeah. For that reason, because I was so focused on. Um, myself and what I was doing and winning Mm. um and whether it was it's hard to put my finger on it whether it was just because I was successful in the sport yeah it was just one of those things I it was like that to me was at number one yeah and now you know as life goes on I realize that there's more important things yeah obviously so you know we're back down to sort of number five so there's Mm. all these other things ahead yeah. So coaching now to me is, you know, obviously coming to the end of my career. I mm. I like to compete because I just love the sport, mm. but I get a bigger buzz out of teaching people mm. and watching them succeed. Yeah. 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 That's that's um, that's like that that's wisdom mm. <laughs> from <laughs> from a very well experienced coach and athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So wrapping up everything that you've spoken about coaching. Why, what is your why? Like, what is your passion? What's your purpose? Oh. Is it like to make people stronger? Or uh, yeah, look, yeah. at the moment, mm. at the moment, my number one why is my um, personal balance in life. Yeah. And, and yeah, and then um, I've got some little notes here. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, it, 
people's achievement. Yeah. Like that's I, – I just um, – like I'm really happy when I see someone achieve their goals mm. um, and I think that's – what I really enjoy most of yeah. all, and you could say that's my why now. Yeah, yeah. to service. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've learned it pretty early on, actually, because I'm only 23. But when I started coaching, I like the same as you. Like I like seeing people being happy of you know what they've achieved because yep. at first they didn't know that they mm. can do that, and then you kind of just like guide them, them guided them through, and then you know it's like it's like a butterfly has like yeah. flown away yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. it is, and it's you know it, it's um, and it might not be powerlifting. Like mm. you know, I'm a powerlifter, and I suppose um, you know a lot of people that you talk to, well, in this area don't come here because they think all we do is powerlifting. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I just I just understand and realise the benefits of strength training in yeah. general for any sport. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, really if people talk to us, we welcome them, welcome them from any sport because yeah. we know the benefits. Mm -mm. And I think you'd probably realise coming from, you know, your sporting background, mm. you'd probably realise that you're – a lot better for being stronger. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And people are slowly realising now, mm. that now as well, to be honest. Um, people just kind of just like see it, like they put it in boxes. Mm. So if you do strength training, you'll be this like big, muscly, yeah. Thor-looking person. And if you run, you'll be this skinny person. Mm. But like runners also do strength training. It's really not just like a, you know, a black and white kind of thing. Mm. It's like. Everyone's in a big, this big, like in this big container. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to hear from you know someone like you who is able to share that to people. Mm. And also, I should have asked this in the first place, but have you? Did you start your career in Mildura? Yes. Okay. So yes. start. Yeah, especially um, being like in a small town, you know, four hours away from Adelaide, six hours from mm. Melbourne. I feel like you're this person who's able to actually show that to people that mm. you're able to do this while you do this yep. instead of separating the two. Mm. So during your athletic career, did you have moments where you just wanted to like stop? Um, never, never really wanted to stop. Mm. Um, like it's, it's basically in my blood, you know, yeah. like I, I've been doing it for so long that it just comes natural. Mm. Um, you know, sure, there's been situations along the way that uh, it's been hard. Mm -hmm. um, one from the, you know, that I can think of, obviously, um, relationship breakup. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty tough. As in, like, romantic relationships. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> We know that very well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that's, that's really tough. Yeah. Um, and it makes you sit back and think... You know, is this all worth it? Mm. And probably that's one of the reasons now everything's taken a downward step and I've got more important things yeah. above it. And I also, I had a heart attack in oh, 2019. Okay, okay sure. Yeah, which led to open heart surgery. Mm. Mm. So that was a bit of a shock. Like I... Competed in 2018. I competed at the Nationals mm. in Brisbane, 2018. Um, came back, 
the year after, started training, wasn't feeling that flash, but just like cardio was low. You know, yeah. I knew that I just wasn't running on all cylinders. Mm. Um, and yeah, the worst happened. It didn't actually, I didn't actually collapse, just didn't feel well, took myself in. Mm. Um, Into the hospital. Yeah. They, well, <laughs> Where I are you? To, <laughs> I went to my partner's place first yeah. um, and wasn't feeling that flash, so she took me in. Mm. Uh, because of I've got a history of high cholesterol in the family, it's just okay. a hereditary thing. Yeah. They basically, I found myself on a plane the next mm. day heading to Melbourne, thinking that, hey, it could be just a stent, a few days, and I'll be back. Mm. Um, yeah, they prepped me ready for everything and then the surgeon stopped and he said oh i've got some bad news yeah and i said how bad could it be i thought to myself yeah. i'm here you know yeah. and uh, he said we well, need to do open heart well like yeah everything just fell apart basically yeah. my whole world not knowing how bad it was not knowing anything about it mm. um but they talked me through it they we had i had the surgery um recovered really really well yeah and here I am now. Yeah. So yeah. how long did it take you to recover from it? I was because of my because of my fitness, I recovered really, really well. Yeah. Like they, um, you know, they wanted to let me out of hospital within four days mm. after open heart. Um, I basically said to the doctor, "I need to stay another day because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt, yeah. you know, you can't let me out." Anyway, he um, he let me stay for another day. Mm. Um, came out. Did everything they they asked me to do basically for three months. Did cardio. Yeah. Um, did a little bit of weight work, but nothing upper body. A few mm. leg extensions, leg curls. Didn't really push myself that hard. Then in after three months went back. They checked that the chest was all healing up fine. And then the next three months, I sat with the surgeon and basically said, "This is what I want to do. Yeah. Where to?" Um, he basically gave me guidelines mm-hmm. and I just came back and within three months I was, uh, I'm sorry, within three months after that, so six months after the surgery, I was basically bench pressing, you know, 20 kilos for tw- five sets of 20 reps. Yeah. Um, wasn't getting any, getting any pain, went back, had another visit, told him what the situation was. Mm. He basically said, it's all healed. If you're feeling okay, go for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a progressive increase from there. By October of that, of that year, oh, okay. 2019, yeah. um, I was basically 95% yeah. of what I had been. Okay. Um, so squatting over 200 kilos, <laughs> deadlifting over 200, <laughs> um, bench pressing around 80 or 90 kilos, mm. um, and I basically sat back, took a step back and thought, I've got nothing to go for, mm. so I'll just, I just backed it off a bit yeah. and just cruised through that year. And then the next year we had um, COVID. <laughs> Lovely COVID. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> yeah, so um, was there a shift um, that kind of like flipped in you when you had your uh, – after? I mean during and after your surgery, was there like a life – I guess like a life-changing transition for yeah, you. Yeah, like a light bulb. So yeah. You've yeah. got to look after yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, it, um, I was. I suppose you can say even though I had the gym um, and 
did some classes and thought I kept myself fit. Mm. I obviously didn't. You know, I did that for a while and then let myself go for mm. a little bit and just lifted and that's all I did. Mm. Um, but, yeah, now I'm, I'm really focused on, you know, I do, I do three days of fitness work. Um, it's all steady state stuff. Yeah. Nothing, you know, over the top. Mm. And I find that my fitness now is really good. I've actually gone out. I've got a son that's been involved in the fitness game for a long time, yeah. and I just said, send me a fitness program yeah. three days Anthony? a week. No, no, Michael is my oldest boy. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, basically I just said, send it to me, yeah. and he keeps on top of me, oh. which is good because yeah. it's just I've got someone to be accountable for. Absolutely. Otherwise yeah. I wouldn't do it because I'm hopeless at cardio. I'm just like the worst. <laughs> I feel like all powerless is oh. even I, I used to um, <clears throat> swim for like ages mm. and – um, at the end of my swimming career, I became this like open water swimmer. So yep. I would swim like 1500 to 2k. Mm. Um, it's one of those crazy people. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then once I found CrossFit, cause I started with CrossFit and then, um, transitioned to Olympic weightlifting and then transitioned to powerlifting. Mm. I really don't want to run like a kilometer or even like swim for like, I can't swim for 20 minutes now. Um, yeah. so I feel like. Uh, cardio is like every powerlifter's enemy. Oh, yeah. Like I do, it, I do it here and the boys just look at me and say, you're crazy. <laughs> like I'll, I'll jump on the rower now and I yeah. can do, um, well, you know, a couple of weeks ago I did a 5K row. Mm. Just um, And for me, I thought it was good. It was mm. 23 minutes for 5Ks. Yeah. Like I said, I'm 60 years old. Yeah. Uh, so And never done any cardio, so I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in terms of your mindset, because you've just said that, you, you know, it, it, it just comes naturally to you. When you, for ex- like, for example, like a relationship breakup, how do you bounce back from that? Oh, God. Look, I tell people this and, and they yeah. look at me and, and think, I'm sure they look at me and think, how can you do that? Mm. And, you know, I'm, I think I've become a fairly... Even though you're supposed to mellow as you get older, I'm pretty black and white. Yeah. You know, um, you know. I, I, honestly, I sat down at my desk and got a bit of paper and drew a line in the middle of it Yeah. and just said, I don't like this. Can I change it? Mm. No, I can't. Flip it off. Yeah. <laughs> can I change this? Yes, I can. Put mm. it on that side. Basically, just went through and did that. Yeah. And... Just train myself to be the type of person that if an issue comes up, if I can change that, yeah. if I don't like it and I want to change it, if, I, if it can be changed, I will change it. Mm. If it's something that's out of my control, I don't even worry about it Yeah. because it's out of my control. It doesn't yeah. matter what I do, it's never going to be any different. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's... A lot of people can actually learn from this, including me. <laughs> But it, it, it's, it, you know, it might sound, you know, you look at, at me when I say that and you think, you know, how can, how can you be so cut and dry? But, you know, mm. when you get to a point where it's probably, you know, besides having me open heart, it's probably one of the lowest lows. Yeah. It's the only way you drag yourself out. Mm. I basically immersed myself in my work yeah. and started thinking like that. And now people will come up with a problem and talk to me about it, mm. and my answer is, can you do anything about it? Yeah. Oh, no, not really, so don't worry about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, don't trouble yourself because there's nothing you can do. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Even my dad tells me as well, like, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Um, I guess if it comes with like, you know, like work or anything that, anything around your purpose, for mm. me, I will sweat about the small stuff. If yep. it's about, you know, coaching or my business or the podcast, mm. obviously every tiny bit of detail, I'll, you know, really think about it and really mm. um, take it on board. However, if it's exactly what you said, out of my control, like, you know, for example, like a relationship breakup, you know, if it's if it is if it if it's done, it's done. Yeah. 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 And um, it's just a process. Obviously you're gonna think about it. Um, and you're gonna think about everything. Yeah. But it's you know, it's it, it's just training yourself to say, Yep, I've processed it, I know mm. what direction I'm going in. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Did you have anyone to help you through that one or is you're just this self taught? No, in the end, yeah, yeah, in the end it was just me. Yeah. Basically it was um yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. me to process it and, and mm. work it out because you can talk to people, um, yeah. you know, and I, I did. I did mm. try and talk to a lot of people. Um, but if they're not walking in your shoes, it's yeah. hard for them to know. Um, and you get to the point where... Just doing your shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you know, you, you're telling people your crap. So <laughs> in the end, they're just like, yeah. I don't really want to know. You know, yeah. you keep coming back to me and um, there's only certain people that can take mm. take that in your life, you know, yeah. after a while they say. Yeah, I guess it really depends on a person as well if they're willing to take on that bluntness mm. um, because people can't take in the truth, I no. guess. No, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Um, they're just, yeah, like for me, I feel like, you know, if you sugarcoat, for, for me now, I don't want to sugarcoat things anymore. Mm. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. And you shouldn't have to. Exactly. You know? it's yeah. Either, like I said before, it's black and white. It's either one yeah. way or the other because yeah. it doesn't. It's not going to get better. Exactly. You know, if it's one of those things, it's just not going to get better. Mm. So, obviously, from where you started, every athlete goes through. You know, like with, with in terms of their mindset. Um, have you always been this like tough, invincible? You can't touch me, athlete. And, you know, obviously you carry that over during the years or did you have, like, meltdowns or...? I think like every athlete, mm. you get you get nervous. Um, yeah. I mean, I still get nervous to this day, mm. you know, but uh, you learn over the years to use your nerves for good yeah. instead of bad. And you learn to control them. Like, you don't get over nervous. Obviously, that can just bury you. Yeah. One particular thing that stands out in my mind, we did have a, we had a gym owner here in Muldura and um, he was always one of those people, very confident mm. about what he did. And we were, like, he was one division above me. Um, one day we were going away and he was saying, he started out about two months or three months before, you mm. know, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. And in his own little way, it was yeah. like, you know, you can't do this. And it just, in the end, it got in my head. Mm. So I went away. Oh, we both went away. And all I worried about was trying to beat him. Yeah. You know, instead of running my own meet, mm. I was a better lifter than him, but we were close. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, like, focused on him. Yeah. And basically stuffed it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he beat me. 
Anyway, I came back and sure enough, he fronted me and said, I told you I'd beat you. <laughs> it was like, I looked at him and I said, as long as your ass doesn't, you know, keeps pointing to the ground, yeah. you're never going to beat me again. Like, um, and I just, I changed my attitude. Basically, um, I think that's where I got a bit tougher with myself. Mm. It was all about me. Yeah. Um, and... When I was competing, I was only focusing on myself. Mm. You know, it didn't worry me about records or winning or anything like that. That was part of what came with the confidence, I think. I just went out and just tried to lift the best yeah. and do the best I can. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to win. So yeah. That's how I treated it from then on. And mm. I think it's just, it's grown from there. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're mostly talking about powerlifting. However, it really carries over to other sports as well. Yeah. Like, because yeah. you played soccer. Yeah. Even though it's a team sport, you know, your performance at the end of the day is what matters. Not That's right. exactly, you know, you can't always blame it on the team. You no. can't always, like, point it on other people. Yeah. Because you can't control that exactly from what you said before. Exactly. And I think um, that's what, um, you know, like I said, I played football, soccer sports cricket mm. um and i think the powerlifting side of it attracted me at the beginning because it was if i didn't do well in a competition there was no one else to blame but me exactly um you know sure if i wasn't if i wasn't good enough or anything like that it would meant come back and train harder mm. or smarter but if i stuffed up one of the lifts or anything like that it was on my back yeah you know it was <laughs> I went into it and I tried some silly weight that I wasn't capable of doing. So, mm. yeah, it was just, I think it was a lot of planning. Mm. It's one of those things. And I, I say to people, it's powerlifting is no different to working. Yeah. It's, you know, I used to plan my whole year around competitions. Mm. There was three competitions, three blocks, and I'd plan every training session Yeah. in those three blocks. Mm. So... I was three months ahead. I knew exactly what I was going to do in week one, week six, and week 12. Mm. It was all written down. So I'd go into the gym and that's what I'd do. I didn't get over myself. I didn't think, oh, that felt too easy. I wanted to push myself harder. I just stuck to the plan. Yeah. It's probably the same in business. Yeah, exactly. You do a plan, whether it's three months, six months, Mm. five-year plan, whatever. Yeah. Mm. I mean, even like a team sport, really, um, you know, there's a team plan and there's also your own plan as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. So but because of your um, experience, like 40, 43 years of experience, right, what's the most common misconception that you see coaches do in terms of strength training or just training in general? One, one thing that stands out yeah. is I get people coming up to me um, from different sporting backgrounds mm. and they'll say, you know, have you trained a bike rider before? Yeah. And I look at them and I say, like, teach them to ride bikes? Yeah. Or teach them to get stronger? Oh, well, I'm a bike rider and I want to be better. So why did you come to me for yeah. To get stronger. Yes, I've taught people to get stronger. Mm. You know, so what I'm getting at, I think I think a lot of coaches these days, and 
I think it's the internet that has caused a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of information on the internet. There's a lot of good information on the internet. There's a lot of crap on the internet as well. Mm. Um, People jump on there. A lot of people jump on there to make dollars. Mm. You know, and they come up with all these fancy names, fancy exercises, and when it boils down to it, it's all very basic. Mm. Um, And as a strength coach... I think we get caught up in all this type of work yeah. when um, all you really need to do, all our job is to get an athlete stronger. Yeah. Now, obviously, if a 75-kilo athlete comes in and he might be a sprinter or 75-80 and he might be a sprinter, well, you know, you don't want to build him up to be 100 kilos. Yeah. So you know that, okay, there's going to be a point where the weights aren't going to be good. So, but, you know, if this guy comes in and he can't squat, he can't, can't even body weight squat, he can't hinge properly, he can't, so, you know, your first thing is to teach him how to do all these things. Yeah. Second thing is get him to, to squat a half decent weight. Like if he's 75 kilos, there's no reason why he can't do 10 reps on 70 kilos, mm. um, which is not going to make him into a monster. But it's going to make him a lot stronger than when he walked into the gym. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's if we can do that, we've done our job. Yeah. You know, it's not our job to teach him how to run. Mm. That's the running coach. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of, like, I guess, like, the influencer coaches right now, they, exactly the marketing, just so that they'll be, you know, yeah. out in the open. Yeah. Um, I think they're also serving with the ego. Mm. Um, just really wanting to be this like popular which i think i feel like i feel like i'm dogging them in but i think then they're, they're not mm. that they, they they're not fit for it um no I don't, I don't think either like it's mm. they they sort of think and i look i know like i've i've got this place here it needs money to run mm. um but like i said my priority is not to become a multimillionaire. Yeah. You know, like I get more of a buzz mm. out of watching people grow. Yeah. So um, it becomes more of like an internal yeah, like achievement. I, you know, I, I'm here. Well, you've seen me. You know, I, mm. I'm here at 6 o'clock in the morning and I don't get out of here till late. And yeah. people say to me, how can you sit there and do 14 hours work? And Well, to me, it's not a job. Yeah. Ever since I've owned the gym, I don't think I've worked a day in my life. Mm. And I'm here probably nearly seven days a week. Yeah. Not I'll, for that long, but, you know, doing work and stuff like that. And I just love it. I love talking to people. Mm. I love um, watching people grow and that's about it. Yeah. How long have you owned the gym? I had a CrossFit gym in a different spot. I've been here for um, seven years, okay. nearly seven years. Yeah. And I owned a CrossFit gym for four years in a different area, a different like another place. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because was, this was previously called CrossFit Mudra, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So what are you looking forward to most this year? This year? Uh, okay. So I just competed at the South Australian titles uh, two weeks ago. Mm. We took four lifters away. We yeah. did had a pretty su- successful lift, which is good. And now the I've got the Nationals in August in Perth. Yeah. So training up for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this might actually come as counting the chicks before they hatch, but um, 
I'm also working towards that nationals in August as well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So hopefully um, I'll be able to compete in May because the, the comp sold out. It was supposed to close out in like five days before the comp starts, but it's yep. already sold out now. Yep. Yeah. So I think – People haven't done anything for 12 months. Yeah, they're just so keen to get in there. Yeah, get Um, back into something. Yeah, so if I don't get into that one, it will be June or July, Mm -hmm. like a comp in there. And then, um, yeah, and because it's July and, you know, July, August. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If if my first comp would be in July, it's just a matter of getting the total in because for my body weight, in my age, it's only two forty-five. Yep. Total. Yep. And you should breeze that. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Like, at you know, at the end of the week, that's I'd lift more than that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that one too. So I'll probably see you there. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, that'd be yeah. awesome. No, it'd be good. Yeah. Um. What about for next year? Um. Are you will, will you be competing? I hope to, yes. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't look – at this this stage, I don't look that far ahead. I'm okay. just – like I said, I'm 60 years old. Yeah. Uh, as long as I keep improving, mm. I think I'd like to still be competing. Yeah. But if not, like as a coach, just continue as a coach. Yeah. Still train, still do me thing. Mm. But – to answer the question, probably yes, I'll still be competing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like you still have so many years left of competing. <laughs> actually, to be honest, yeah, it's just a matter of looking after the body. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I've done a fairly good job of that so far. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of um, yeah. you know making sure I stay injury free mm. and you know everything stays together basically. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I, I think I'm on top of it now, which is good. Mm. Um, you know, I can read my body. Like if I've, I think I've overdone it. It doesn't scare me to take a week off. Yeah. Or back it off for a week. You know, mm. like, and that's a lot of the things with the younger lifters. They don't back themselves, and they think, "Hey, if I take a week off, I'm going to go backwards." Well, yeah, you're not going to go backwards. You're just going to freshen up. Mm. Basically, um, it's going to make you better. Mm. And that's the way I see it now. And having lifted for so long, you know, I honestly found that. In my 20s, I could smash myself and I'd recover. Yeah. As I got to the next decade, it was like, hello, I'm not recovering as well. Yeah. And then, you know, the 40s started and it was, you know, I was deadlifting every 10 days mm. because I just felt that with me squats and me benches, I wasn't recovering into the next deadlifts to do it a week, week on, like a, every week. Mm. And, yeah, now in me 50s, it's... Basically, I if I don't feel like it, mm. I just won't train. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's really by intuition, you yeah. know, like it's intuitive. Intuitive? Mm. <laughs> intuitive, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if I feel good and I feel recovered, I train. Mm. Um, if I think I need a rest, I rest. Yeah. Or I back it off. Yeah, and I guess it really comes with, you know, age and experience, having that self-awareness. Yeah. Um, yeah. in training and also mentally as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, because even for me, I find that if, like today I'm on like, uh, I'm on a week before deload, yeah. but because of the heat and all that, I'm just, you know, put the ego aside mm. and like, just give my body 
the best that it can instead yep. of actually putting pushing it so hard. Yep. What advice would you give to for this one athletes? Young athletes. For to, for young athletes? Yeah. Um, boy. Just um, if you're interested in competing mm. in whatever sport and you want to be the best in your sport, go and get help. Yeah. I just, I really think a lot of people try and do their own research and we go back to the internet. There's so much crap out there mm. that... I just think a lot of it's just rehashed. There's yeah. only so many things that you can do. Mm. And depending what you're chasing, whether you're a bike rider, go out and get a good bike riding coach. Mm. If you're into the strength side of it, get yourself a good program. Mm. Or if you can afford it, get yourself a good strength coach to start you off. And maybe, you know, um, there's a lot of online work that you can do. Um, if you come in and get some advice from the coach, you can go away and still have an online program mm. that he's written for you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of us that do that now. Yeah, just go out and get the right help, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Do your homework. Exactly. Get the yeah. right ones. Like, you know, you're not going to go out and get help by someone who doesn't know. Do the research on them. doesn't mm. matter who it is, but do some background on them. Yeah. Um, see where they've been, what they've done even talk to people that they've coached. Mm. Um, you've got to, I think you've got to get the right fit. Um, you know, I, I've never had a coach, um, but this year I've gone out and got a coach. Okay, yeah. What made you get a coach? Well, you've, you've, got, you've got your mates in the gym and mm. they're basically going to give you a bro pat on the back. That's true. <laughs> you know, and so you've done a great job. Yeah. But the reason I've gone out and um, got a coach is to... Just get proper feedback, Yeah. basically. You know, I send him videos away when I lift mm. and I know that he's going to tell me what, you what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong Yeah. Um, and give me hints and sit down with me and, um, you know, work out where to next. Mm. I just think it's basically like me, me son doing me fitness work for me. Yeah. You know, it's I'm accountable to him. So mm-hmm. he sends me the program. I do it. Yeah. Four weeks later, he'll send me another one, or five weeks later. Mm. Um, so it's just something to keep accountable. Yeah, and yeah. it's a it's it's a massive investment as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're learning from them. Yep. And even I feel like, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, even though you've, you're so experienced, there are still so many new things that you can learn oh, from them. Look, um, you know, I think if I sit down and and watch what you did here while you were training here with us. Mm. I would have learnt something. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been like that. I'm never one to criticise anyone or walk around and think that I know it all because I don't. You know, like the minute a coach thinks that he knows everything, he's lost it. Yeah. Just lost the plot. Mm. Um, He has. Basically, (laughs) I I think he has because um, if you think you can't keep learning for the rest of your life, there's something wrong. And, you know, you can learn off anyone. You know, mm. it, it can be a newbie that walks in and he does something one way and you say, why did you do it that way? Oh, because my shoulder hurts and when I do this, I can't do it. So I I do it this way and you think, oh, yeah, well, that's yeah, pretty cool. exactly. So, yeah, you can learn something from it, you know. And I, I listen to podcasts not because um, I don't know. Mm. 
It's because I'll learn something. Yeah. Even if it's as easy as, um, you know, as a coach, you're trying to teach someone and your way mightn't work. Mm. But telling people how to do something a different way, all of a sudden you see the light go on and they think, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got it. So it's just, just giving advice in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Um, what about for up-and-coming coaches? What, would, what advice would you give? I feel like we've touched on this one, but... Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I've got a young coach here. You've met Nick, mm. and I think Nick's probably one of the best coaches I've seen. Mm. Um, all his clients are like they move brilliantly. Yeah, they can squat, they can bench, they can deadlift, they can hinge hip, they can do it all. You mm. know, because he's taken the patience to teach him the right way. Yeah. The advice that I gave him is go out, find out as much as you can off as many people as you can, which mm-hmm. he has, to his credit. He's done courses after courses and still doing it. He, If he doesn't know anything, he'll come and ask. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's the advice I can give. Go mm-hmm. out and learn as much as you can mm-hmm. off as many people as you can. Yeah. And, that and it might not all be, you know, it might not be the information that you want. But if you can pick up a little bit of information off each one, you can put yourself a really put together a really good portfolio mm. that you can call on whenever you need it. Yeah. Mm. And that goes back to, you know, if you're a type of coach that um, thinks, you know, you you know everything, then you know, Yeah. Yeah. You know good. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, yeah. and it's, Probably a bit harsh saying they're not not any good. I suppose we shouldn't say that, but it's yeah, it's you can you just never stop learning, mm. and it doesn't matter what it is, you yeah. know, whether it's programming, whether it's lifting, um, whether it's bike riding. I had a client the other day, seventy-one years old, mm. plays golf, wanted to get stronger to play golf. You know, his son basically forced him into coming to the gym. But he moves really well. For a 70-year-old, he, he's fantastic. He really is. One thing I said to him, I said, you know, we talked about core and how to do it. And I took his golf as, as an analogy. I said, you know, when you're swinging, you're not just swinging with your arms. You're swinging from the centre. So you're holding yeah. your core and you do this and you do that. Anyway, he must have taken that in because the next session he came in, the first thing he said to me, he goes, hey, he goes, I've had golf coaches and not one of my golf coaches told me to focus on my core. Mm. He said, I went out, I listened to what you said, I focused on my core and I hit the ball 20 to 30 metres more. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't know anything about golf. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it's just if you can take that little bit away, mm. you know, you're going to be better at whatever you do. Yeah. And, you know, that advice that I gave him, it wasn't about his golf. Mm. It was in everything. And, you know, when you're squatting, when you're deadlifting, it's all about the core. Mm. When you're playing football, when you're throwing a ball, if you're doing netball, if you're throwing a baseball, a softball, Mm. all comes from the centre. Yeah, that's right. The centre out. Yeah, and then also that's one thing I feel like from what you said, you know, a strength training coach said something about they don't – it said something they don't know about. Compared and and then compare that to a golf coach mm. who's done their experience yet never mentioned 
the most important one. That's right. And so, yeah, I feel like you're learning from that experience. Yeah. 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 And obviously, maybe this client will also tell of the golf coach. Oh, know? he was wrapped. Like yeah. he was, um, you know, it was his second session and his first session he was sort of hesitant. I don't mm. know whether this is any good, you know. He's never get trained in the gym before. <laughs> yeah. The second time he came in, he was, the attitude was totally different. Mm. And whether it was that, yeah. but he felt a lot more comfortable. He talked a lot more. He was mm. just like bit of a different person yeah so and that's the kind of change that you like yeah you yeah like that's, to, see. to me that's fantastic and mm. and if i can help him now that he believes a little bit more he's going to get stronger yeah um he's going to be better absolutely yeah, yeah. and he's retired and his love is golf mm. so if he can if he can bend over and carry the groceries a lot better and pick them up and pick things up and um, move his golf ball and he's not feeling any pain and yeah. he can hit the golf ball further, well, I've done my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like no, to No, I just think we've... You've let it all out. have <laughs> let it all yeah. out. <laughs> so how can people find you? Good question. I've got it all written down. <laughs> I should know it off by heart, but no. Um Basically, you know, people can check uh, Facebook, Instagram under mm. Muldura Strength and Performance. Um, we've got a website which is pretty flash now. Mm. I think it is um, www.mulduraStrength.com.au mm. or email me at info at mulduraStrength.com.au mm. or call me oh four double oh three eight one eight nine zero. Well, come and see me. Yeah. I'm here all the time anyway. Mm. 51 9th Street mm. um, in Mildura. Doors always open. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I live. I lived in Melbourne before and I would come here in Mildura and I'd train here instead of training yeah. at any time. Or, yeah. yeah. It's just a different vibe. Really. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I hope, you know, I hope that people find, find that because I encourage it. I encourage people to introduce themselves. Mm. I introduce people. I think I introduced you to a couple of people. You did, yeah. Um, and it just breaks the ice. Absolutely, uh, then yeah. people start coming to talk to you. I don't think, you know, I think everyone's fairly friendly here. Mm. Um, they really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's how mm. that's how I try and run the whole yeah. place. I, I pretty much know everyone's name. Go out of my way to say hi to everyone when they come in, you mm. know, and, yeah, just make them feel welcome. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Follow the podcast on Instagram. That's at restbetweensets.podcast. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone who would enjoy and take something from this podcast, please share with them as well. It helps me keep the mics on and helps me impact more listeners who are ready to take charge of their life. Podcast editing, mixing, producing and all things swaggy that make this podcast really amazing to listen to are by Tom from Nocturnal Hubcap. Check out his Instagram at Nocturnal Hubcap and team. Remember, don't compare your day one to someone else's day 100. Focus on your own lane. Grow from your own lane. Nurture it. When it's time, reap your results. But don't stop. Keep building, keep growing, create your own success. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys soon.